You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Because it's Friday and you ain't got shit to do. This is a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Summer Camp, a PoppyChuloRadio.com and iTunes exclusive. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I'm your host and camp director, Maurice Skatewood. Tonight on Summer Camp, we're going to explore some of Hollywood's campiest flicks, cult classic motion pictures, and fan favorite films. Please welcome my co-hosts, our director of residential life, the man that time will never forget, Legionnaire. How's it going? All right. All right, all right, all right. Giving us future tea, y'all. That's right. Looking for that active duty booty. <laughs> <laughs> and our activity leader, the wonderfully talented, the artist currently known as Vanetta Berry. Hey, Vanetta. Hey, y'all. How you doing? We are here for you. All right. And always serving it up hot and steamy, our head chef, Derek Anthony. Good evening, y'all. Come on, get some of these Chicago hot dogs. Uh, and what's special about a Chicago hot dog? It's all about what you put on it. Mm, all right. All right. We'll leave that alone. But... <laughs> Before we begin, here's one of our campers on our PA system. A few announcements on how you can interact with us via social media. Thank you for the intro, and sorry for the microphone feedback. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash p-c-r-summercamp. Follow us on Tumblr, summercamp-p-c-r-dot. Tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, 
comments or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Poppy Chula Radio Summer Camp and subscribe. Now, grab some popcorn and some snacks. It's time for your feature presentation. Back to you, camp counselors. Oh, not again. Sorry for the feedback. Thank you. All right, it's time to fire up the film projector so that we can discuss 2015's Chirac. Here's the official synopsis of the film. After the murder of a child by a stray bullet, a group of women led by Alyssa Strada organized against the ongoing violence in Chicago's South Side, creating a moment that challenges the nature of race, sex, and violence in America and around the world. All right, that's short and to the point. Yeah, I, 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 I've done some synopsis uh, for some of the, that, that were longer than the actual uh, movie. Um, <laughs> all right, so. As usual, I'm going to ask, has anyone seen this one before? I have. You have? I am a Chicago native. It was required. And uh, (laughs) a legionnaire? (laughs) Yes, as as a uh, native of old Chicago, I had to to make it my business to see this film. And Vanetta? I had not seen it. I... Vanetta and I are both virgins. I had not seen it either. Um, but I wanted one of y'all to go, I see it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't live in Chicago anymore, so and I, I don't live in Chicago. I have to see that. I live it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, how many times a day did you practice that? And you'd be like, ten <laughs> times. Ten times. <sighs> so... I'm just going to jump into it, and I'm going to be deferring to my Chicago um, expatriate and my Chicago uh, residents for some of these, uh, for some of the local color and, um, and um, you know, just for a little verification. Now, I've been to Chicago quite a few times, but I don't live there. You know, it's a difference. Yeah. So, let us start with the cast. So let's go. So the top bill cast for this is uh, Nick Cannon, who we all know from. Uh, he was like, he first kind of blew up from that like the Drumline movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And now he's on, you know, uh, um, you know America's Got Talent, and he was married to Mimi. Uh, and he was on Real Husbands of Hollywood. Yeah. No, oh, he is. No, oh, yeah, that's it's, it's kind of a faux reality show, right? Yeah. Yes. And then we have the lovely 
Tayana Paris, which I'm not that familiar with. Uh, with her, um, is is much. Um, let's see what she's known for. She was also oh, in. That's uh, right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I do recognize her. Yeah, she was also in Dear White People. Dear White People. She played the one that was doing the the sort of the um, the. She was filming, right? She was the one that was filming in the, the uh, goings on in that one house, fraternity house and stuff. Yeah, right, right. I'm trying this, Coco. you know, Coco Connors. She transformed. She transformed for this, mm-hmm. and uh, she's also known for a movie called How Do You How Do You Know Reba. So, mm. alrighty, and of course Wesley Snipes. Um, it's always good to see Spike bringing some of his core back. Yeah, Angela Bassett, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cusack, Jennifer Hudson. Um, and there was some also some other Steve Harris, um, mm-hmm. some other well-known Harry Lennox. Um, that were you know that some familiar faces. Um, so good cast. Um, I don't you know this was an Amazon. I guess it was. Yeah, it was uh, it was produced by Amazon Studios, Forty Acres and a Mule. Yeah. So, okay, so it's a Spike Lee movie, so you know visually it's gonna be. Spike Spike Lee movies are always bright and very visually, uh, vivid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I always like that about his movies. Um, he's very into the music. So they're always usually pretty scored well. Mm, um, that is true. Yes. So let's talk about the title. People had issues with it. They did. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think this is the first movie called Chirac. I mean, wasn't there a documentary called Chirac? Did it did it come before this or after? I swear there, there, there may have been a uh, a documentary called Chirac, but let's talk about it as it pertains to this movie. People had an issue with the title, I remember. Yes. Um, as a Chicago native or Ooh. natives, how did you feel about it? Um, I, underst- I understood... I understood where the name comes from, but as a Chicago, as a Chicagoan, I I didn't necessarily appreciate it, you know, as, as, you know, I mean, yes, there is, there are areas of Chicago where there is high crime. Uh, Absolutely. And a lot of those, those areas have gotten national attention. Um, but you know, I mean, I still have a hard time likening likening the city of my birth, you know, my home as a I don't like it being 
compared to awards loan. I just don't. I mean, I don't, I'm not blind to the the, the issues that exist here, uh, crime wise. But you know, I just I I don't know. I mean, I I, I get what he was, but I, I wish he would have called it something else. But I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, and. You know, I, I moved on from it. I didn't hang on to I didn't hang on to the uh, <laughs> bitterness around it like a lot of people did and still do. I'm going to uh, piggyback on what Legionnaire said. Um, the 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 whole title of Shyrak would have you believe that from the time that you land at the airport, you need to put on a pit helmet, right, and camouflage. <laughs> And I mean, again, like you said, the, there there are pockets of violence, um, but it is not like people aren't living behind barbed wire. They're not just kicking in door. It's not what they showed you in New Jack City because that's kind of what you get. That's yeah, kind of the visualization that you get that the whole city is under siege, and that's just not true, right? Um. So, yeah, I understand why people had issue with the name. I understand why Spike Lee chose the name. Um, I just, I, I wish there was more, I wish there was something that said that Chicago was more than just this. Right. Well, I, I mean, I've been there in the last two years and I certainly didn't I mean, and, you know and someone can argue with me well where were you but um, there was never really a point where I I guess I don't know I, I'm I'm black so I'm not afraid of black people you know and I think sometimes these <laughs> I think sometimes when, when cities get this reputation it feeds into it feeds into a kind of faux hysteria that people who really aren't associated with it or will never come in contact with it feel they have the right to um, spread that kind of image. Uh, it's the same thing with like Detroit. Uh, I was in mixed company once and someone made some negative comment about the people of Detroit and mm -hmm. I was just like, let me tell you something. Um, the people of Detroit did not ask um, the companies to send their jobs away. Um, you know, there were African-American families that worked for those companies for, for generations. And now they have nothing. It's not It's not like it's their fault. You know, like, right. oh, I, I, I want to have nothing. I want to have, I, I want to be struggling. I want to have nothing. Like, and, and I don't want to work. I mean, that's just not... That's not true, and exactly. and when you when you kind of disparage um, a group or, or 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 a city, or you look at a group of people and it's like, oh, oh look at those people; they have nothing. You know, it, it's kind of it, it it pisses me off. You know, it's not like poor people, poor black people. Black people and poor white people asked to have dirty ass drinking water either. Mm. Okay. Well, you know, the problem is that you people have been lazy since you stopped working for free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I think, I think, 
I think the title, um, maybe he chose it to kind of shake people up. Um, but, uh, and, you know, and it's kind of a sensational title. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about uh, visually. Did you feel there was enough local color when you watched this movie that that gave you that feeling? Oh yes, it's Chicago. Oh, where's Chicago? When I watched that movie, I know exactly where they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. He did. He did. I, if, if we ever wind up in Chicago at the same time, I can drive you to several of those locations. Okay. Right. You know, when I and Vanetta, you were you were about to say something. I went to. I lived in Chicago for college, and um, I enjoyed seeing several um, sites that I had seen when I was in college. When um, hanging out with my friends, it was really nice. As far as um, I'm not as familiar with with Chicago as Legionnaire, but I could definitely tell the parts of Chicago and. Some of my artist friends' artwork was in there. I can't really tell you which ones, though, because it's been a long time. But um, it was really nice to see. Made me feel like I miss Chicago. I'm glad I'll be visiting soon. See you, Legionnaire. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Talking about um, the arts. I always like that about Spike Lee's movies. They're always visually stunning at least yeah. to me and they always they always had like a almost like a folk art kind of feel to them even even in the colors even in the way you know the the palette that he uses mm. you know um this one was sorry go ahead no, go ahead. Um, I was going to say that I always feel like because Spike Lee is one of us, he is very aware of right. colors that yeah. work well with our skin. Yes. So perhaps that's why I always see his movies as so visually pleasing, whereas other mm-hmm. movies I'm like, why would they wear that? Why? You know, like, <laughs> it just looks weird. Yeah. Where, right, like, right. Like the it's main like colors were purple and orange, you know. Well, what's in all that Kente claw? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie was that even though it was going to, it was, it would have been more challenging for him to um, film in some of the more rougher neighborhoods in the city he did manage to do a lot of filming in some of the more challenged area but still be able to convey um convey a sense of beauty and pride amongst the people that live there so you know when we talk about you know us telling our own stories that's one of the things i can always appreciate about spike lee it's like yes we're going to get a vision of what's of of the challenges and problems that exist in chicago but it's not something that you know it's not something that we have to be so afraid of that we can't help do something about Right. You know, if there's something that we can do to make it better for the people that live there, then that can happen. But, you know, we don't have to treat it like, <laughs> you know, we don't have to treat it like it like some war zone where people have to, like you said, run through with pith helmets, you know, as soon as they touch down. You know, it's just not right. like that. 
and if, if people want to refer to Chicago, any other major city that has a large black population as war zones, war zones usually happen when their governments aren't doing what they're supposed to do for the people. And then there's that. Then there's that. So exactly. if you want to call Chicago a war zone, then it starts from the top down. You know, um, you know, and also it's not that. Okay, one of the messages of the film was when we say black people killing black people, we're not saying that mythical black on black crime thing that what other people say it because we all know that black on black crime is no more a thing than white on white crime is. They right. kill each other at the same rate that that you know, roughly the same rate that we do. When we say stop killing each other, we're saying it like, look at your your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts and stuff, people getting caught in the crossfire of all this stuff. Right. We're looking at a sense of healing the community. We're not worried about nobody else's statistics. Right. You know, because when, 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 you, when you look at the big picture, the actual statistics don't actually hold up that we're killing each other more than any other race is killing their own kind, you know. That's so, cool. so um, I, I just like to make that distinction that you know when we say stop killing each other, it's not black on black crime. It's not that that you know that nineties. <laughs> you know that just got put out there, and you still people hear people say using it like, "Well, what about black on black crime?" You know, what about? It's, it's like, what about, what about, you know, you know. Um, so, I mean. It's just I, bad, that white on white crime. And that is the thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. I've seen a number of people on it because, you know, you have a large portion of, you know, um, white people that live on the north side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I have lived on the north side of Chicago several times. And, yeah, they have police over there, too. Because yeah. shit go down. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to touch on some things. If anybody feels uncomfortable, just raise your hand and I will call on you. Because I'm going to talk about diversity, diversity within the, the black palette, you know, and how it. You know, I love seeing a brown skin sister in in a lead role in a in a movie. And let me say this: that's not always the case, even in our own movies. No. You no, know, not Steve no, Harvey. I I think it's almost as rare in in our, in our own movies sometimes. And I'm or not, I'm not gonna call nobody out. You know, I, it's okay. I call them out. Or we put. <laughs> dark-skinned women in our movies and they serve one particular role. Yeah. Girl, he ain't no good for you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, the sassy, the doggy you're all the sassy, sassier you are, you know. Right. But, you know, I was, you know, I, you know, Spike Lee... You know, he's been criticized for that, you know, in in the past, you know. So I'm, I don't I don't think anybody is is you know, 
going to say that he's been a pioneer of casting, you know, brown skin or dark skin women in, in lead roles. Um, but, you know, I just for the sake of this movie, um, you know, just seeing a beautiful, you know, brown skin woman as a, as a, as the main protagonist, it's, it's rare. It's rare, you know. Yeah. No matter who's making the movie, you know. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not bashing anything. I think we, you know, we, you know, black people like Skittles, Taste the Rainbow. You know, we come in all different, different, different shades. You know, when I say black people, I'm, in, I'm including um, my Latino brothers and sisters too. Um, you know, so. Uh, we, we cover the whole the whole rainbow, but I just I, I was just pleased to see to see her cast in this role. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the plot plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, based on a you know a Greek Greek uh, tragedy. Um, do you think it worked? Yes yeah. and no. Um, there are several things I do like about Spike Lee's work, and then there are a few things that I don't like about Spike Lee's work. And the biggest thing I don't like about Spike Lee's work is is Spike Lee very, very often decides to get in his own way. <laughs> When he's trying to get his story across, I don't. I'm not sure what it is. It 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 seems very. It comes off as okay. I've told you that I've I've created the story, and I'm telling you the story, but you're still not getting it. So now I have to break it down and dumb it down for you while you're watching the story, just to be sure that you get it. And I think sometimes these things just need to stand as is. And those that get it, get it. And those that don't, don't. There'll be a Q&A when all this is over. Please don't raise your hand. That so, <laughs> so um, in the Legionnaire, I'm going to let you say what you were going to say. Did you, did you um, feel like this could have been a simpler movie. I think that he gets. I, I was just going to say. I think he gets a little heavy-handed when he's telling his stories. It was. It was a little. It was a little um, disjointed in in, in spots. Um, it, it felt a little bit long. Like I felt like this movie could have been an hour and fifteen minutes. Like like literally, it could have been. Yeah. It could have been a. It could. I think this movie could have worked as. I know y'all gonna die when I said it, but it could have worked as a short film. It could have worked as a as as like a mid length, like a a longer short film, like forty five minutes to, uh, you know, forty five minutes to 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 an hour, and made and more with a more documentary style to it. Mm. Um, because I felt sometimes like you lost some of the gravity of what is actually going on in those neighborhoods 
<clears throat> some of the some of the silliness took away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I will let you go and and have your thought, uh, Legionnaire, because you were gonna you were about to say something a minute or so ago. No, I was gonna say that I, you know, for the most part, I enjoyed the storytelling of the film, but I think. I think it kind of got well for me. It it kind of derailed when it started to move over into the more sillier elements of what was going on, um, because it's something that really could have been played. You know, I think it could have been played for satire, which which I definitely think was the point, and I really got that part of it. But I think sometimes he just pushed it too far. With with mm-hmm. the with the humor, that with you know with the funny piece of it, so that it, it didn't come off for me. It didn't come off as funny as as much as it did silly. And it was like, uh, you know, because some of the pieces didn't have to be there or could have played totally differently. You know, um, the first thing, the first example that comes to mind was that whole thing with 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 the with the general. You know that just that just went way too far, <laughs> and it could have it could have played so much differently and so much more effectively. But it just got it just got weird, and it was like, um, okay. I thought you were going. I honestly thought you were going to say the 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 scene with his wife. Well, I mean, but didn't you think too? Like, there was a, <laughs> well, there yeah, was a, that was that too. <laughs> there was an editing issue there too because yeah. she was all of a sudden in that room with the general, but the scene before that didn't really set it up. Right. So for a minute, I'm like, did I blink? And Because, you know, I'll be multitasking and shit when I'm watching these movies sometimes. You know, I'm like, did I look away? So I backed it up and I was like, no, she just kind of, she just kind of needed Samantha Stevens and was there. You know, I was just like, I was like oh, okay. You know, that, that happened. And then the whole thing with the, you know, uh, with that, so there were there were some elements. Um, I kind of felt like he was going for that kind of impact that you know. The, remember the movie uh, for Colored Girls? Mm-hmm. I tried with, not to, but yes. With, <laughs> with, with, what, what was that? Doing? I said I tried not to, but yes. But um, I mean, but with the poetry and with the you know, um, you know, there were some very intense scenes in that movie. Um, I felt like there was some editing issues with this movie that made it a little hard to watch, like maybe the last 25 minutes. <laughs> I started feeling like, is it going to end soon? I hope the credits are really long. But yeah. that, again, goes back to the thing about a Spike Lee movie. Mm. You're just really not sure if this is ending, if this is over, what was the ending? Um, it just sometimes those movies come off like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw a question to Vanetta. So, so the the premise, they say that this premise has worked somewhere else. Yes. Do you? It's a great premise. Mm-hmm. I think it's. <laughs> okay, so let me let me not ask you a question and give me my opinion. I'm gonna ask you a question and then, and, then, and, then, and then shut up. Okay, so you think it's the great premise? Why do you think it would work? Do you think it would work in in real life in Chicago? 
um, the way in which it worked being that little by little they were able to get solidarity with all the women not just the girlfriends but you know they got the hoes they got the <laughs> strippers they got the sex call ladies the porn stars everybody was involved and everybody had it on lock even the so, download yeah, even the download boys and he was like how you know don't worry about <laughs> that, right so <laughs> i have the knowledge it doesn't matter how i got it <laughs> i don't i don't know how i know um so the solidarity of it yeah it would be awesome um in what was it some not somalia uh Liberia, where yeah. they, you know, they got this story from. I did read the article, and you know, it's a, it was a much smaller community where everyone knew each other, but they did do this, and it and it was effective for a time to kind of get guys to rethink what they were doing because when you're talking about testosterone-driven activities, like you know, eye for an eye, everyone ends up, you know, blind. I think that is is a great idea. Gotta put that feminine energy back in there. That's that's what we're made for. So yeah, it was great. I love the concept. Um, the execution is interesting in this movie and it's got a lot of humor. But um in theory, I think it could work. If only people would stop grabbing people by the pussy and actually, like, you know, <laughs> okay. shut down, shut down all his mechanisms over there. Maybe we could make America great again. But you know, right, right. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Right. This is a PSA, not bear. You know what I thought. You know what I really like about this movie? And as, as it pertains to African-American women or just women of color, period. There wasn't this prevailing thought that women hate sex with men. And I know it's yeah. like a dumb, thing, a dumb thing to say, but in a lot of movies and even on TV, it's it's mm-hmm. always like, you know, get away from me, get away from you, you know, like all sex with men is rapey, you know what I mean? Mm, and, yes. you know, and like there's something wrong with you as a woman if you like, if you like sex or enjoy sex or you enjoy multiple partners, then there's something deficient in your psyche or there must be something <clears throat> wrong with you. Because if you're a woman who's mentally healthy and whatever, you're naturally going to be repulsed by, 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 you know, by men. I know a lot of it is done for comic effect, you know, but I just, I, I enjoy seeing women who... I don't know that I completely agree with you on that last part, that it's all done for comic effect. 
Um, not in this. I'm not saying in the, pertaining to this movie, but I'm just no, saying no, like no. I know you're talking. You're oh, you mean on TV? In, you mean on just thinking in, in, in general? And I'm yeah, saying yeah. I'm. I yeah. Well, I'm not on, sure. Bring it, bring but, it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, we are still to this day a Puritan-driven nation. Um, we're hypocritical about it, but it still exists. Um, you know, we're very big on not talking about sex a lot. Not, I mean, let's take condom uh, commercials, for example. Something that could help save lives. And how long did it take to be able to get a condom commercial on screen, on television? And even though we show them now, they can only be shown at certain places and certain spaces because after all, the children might see. But Derek, too, I'm talking about... We, like we, 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 we as a culture, we as, as an American culture, still want our women to stay home, cook, you know, give it up occasionally. Be pregnant. Not necessarily like mm -hmm. it. Not be sexual beings in their own sense. Because I only white that. men are right. sex, only white men are healthy sexual beings. Okay, so you bring out so black women can be sexual only to only to white men. Only right. to fulfill their fantasies, but not just for their own sake. And black so, men can only be sexual because they're taking it because we're all violent. So you're gonna, you're not, you weren't totally disagreeing with me. So I'm gonna put it in the context of this movie as opposed to say something like, um, and don't crawl through the, the screen and, and grab me. Um, <laughs> When you look at movies about women of color, mm -hmm. and these women obviously enjoy sex, they enjoy sex with their men, they, you know, we rarely see mutual, I guess, between black and, and black men and black women. We, we, we don't usually see a sort of romantic, warm kind of, you know, it's usually, you know, it's usually somebody getting raped or, right. you know, mm. you know, so they can, other groups can carry on in, in 50 shades of whatever. And then, and then that, you know, and, and that's seen as some kind of revolutionary, you know, but for us, it's a revolutionary that just have the two people be married and have a child and have a job you know let alone you know, <laughs> you know doing, doing anything you know it's almost like where did the kids come from you know right what it test what it test to babies you know but you know and, and just in relation in, in this movie i did enjoy I, I i just enjoyed seeing women like not sort of being like uh, I don't, you sexual, know, being sexual creatures, being sexual right, beings, right. and and not being demonized, right, and not being, mm -hmm. being like, oh, oh, she's a, oh, she's a this or she's a that, you know, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of, and I want Vanetta to jump in and from mansplaining shit, just be like, you know what, you don't know what you're talking about, but they kind of put like, they didn't put the, the certain group of women didn't put themselves over any other group of of women like you know when they had the solidarity with all you know like you said the hoes and the 
we can't call them hoes anymore. We have to call them sex workers, you know. But you know, they were all they were all down for the cause, you know. So Even all the older that women and the younger women were in solidarity. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was that was cool. And they were and they all talked about being sexual. So mm-hmm. that's what for me as a sex positive person and a person of color, it's really awesome to see because we don't get to see that often. Like you said, it's just so no, you're not mansplaining it. It was, it was nice for that. Mm-hmm. To see them want to have sex and then choosing not to, which is a very different thing than if they were like, I don't like having sex with him, no way. (laughs) Then it would be totally different. But, you know, the first scene is showing them really enjoying each other before the house got burnt up. So (laughs) (laughs) that's very important. Legionnaire, I feel like you want to. Drop some future wisdom on us. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I really appreciated the, you know, the overall premise and and exactly how, you know, like you said, there was no, uh, there was no, no judgment or or separation amongst the women. They all came together to say, look, you know, this is not about orange. This is not about purple this is not about the thoughts this is not about the the holes i mean it, i mean we all need to stand together and figure out a way to do this since they're not doing it this is what we can do to force them to get it together so i that was that was i thought that was pretty cool too and very and executed really well in terms of you know you know like 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 she said talking about how the older women and the younger women were talking and really communicating around sex in a way that yes this is not just us yes we're denying ourselves too but it's for a purpose it is for a real purpose so it's not like this thing where you know we don't need men you know so we just not go give them none till they act right it's like well no we we are sexual beings and you know we 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 like our good stuff but however you know there are things that we need to do to get this right and if y'all not gonna do what you need to do then we gonna open your eyes to kind of make you see Mm. all right so nick cannon's character who was named chirac um just what okay so Was he? I'm not even sure what question to ask. Okay, was he was he convincing as the character? Was that the right characters to sort of jump this story off, or do you think it could have been done a little less? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm trying to ask you, as Chicagoans, was he convincing? Was it? Was he convincing? Um. Well, I th- I think the whole I think the whole idea of the opposing 
um, the opposing gang forces. I think that was a little sensationalized and not necessarily not necessarily realistic, but I mean, he kind of set it up that way so that it will be easier to make the distinction and to kind of show what needs to be happening. But um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of that, I was like, well, you know, because there's really, you know, there's no there's no crips and blood kind of thing that happens in Chicago that creates this crime. Um, that really doesn't exist the way that he's putting it on film. It's the way it's portraying it, right? Right. But I, in terms of how he's laid it out for the movie, it's like, oh, I, I thought it worked. I thought it okay. worked. Okay. I understand. And I, Go ahead. No, no and I was, was going to throw in something, you know, off, 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 in the, off as an aside. I mean, just that I like seeing Nick Cannon's butt, but, you know, that's a... I think that's another, probably a different conversation. Well, we, and we were going to have that conversation. No, I was going to ask. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> now, would you have would you have felt equally as strong seeing Michael B. Jordan's butt since he was originally supposed to get that role? Um, I think absolutely. I think it would have been a different movie. Yeah, I, I think it would have been a more maybe more um, intense. Uh, Patrol, but I thought I thought McCannon pulled it off. But I was I wasn't so much like um, cr- um, critiquing his performance. I was uh, more um, posing a question about the um, um, the way the it, it was set up. You know, the whole mm-hmm. thing was so. I was wondering, like, would it, did it? You know, making him a, a, a rapper, I guess, may have been updating it because a lot of the movie I have to admit came across very it reminded me very 90s mm. and I was sort of wondering is, was it was was the style a little dated at points yeah because it, 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 it played a whole I mean it was more like you know <laughs> it was more like it played off as more this you know that what what existed as this that East Coast West Coast rap rivalry kind of thing that was happening, and not necessarily, you know, not necessarily gangs, gangs as we know gangs to exist. Uh, so you know, so they shot each other. They, they just, the first shootout happened over a tweet, I believe. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you can update the technology, but it almost seemed more. Um, it definitely seemed it, it seemed like a very '90s premise. Whereas, like, I don't, you know, I don't live, I don't live in Chicago. You know, y'all can jump in, but a lot of the violence there seems more, more random than sort of like you know, like you said, the Crips and the Bloods, you know. It, it 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 seemed like it was just it, that that wasn't as random like it is in real life. Like, mm-hmm. and I think, and I'm sure he did that to simplify it so that he could tell the story. You know, right? right. Um, exactly. You know, but um, so I, I was just wondering if you thought that was a good jump off point for the story, and I guess it would have been less. Um, I guess. If he had just made him a gang leader instead of a rapper, too, you know, I I, I don't know. I kind of felt like, why 
you know, what's the point of making him a making him a a, a rapper? So Tiana, like uh, Tiana's character, uh, Lisa Stero, Strata, Lisa Strata, they just call her Strata. Um, when she approached one of the guys, he said something very interesting. He said, you want me to give up, I'm paraphrasing, he was like, you want me to give up sex because your man is a, is a gangbanger. Did you think he had a point? Or did you think she was trying to think, well, you need to think past yourself? Okay, help help me remember where, where that. Happened. Okay, so there, there was a group of guys that she was approached. She was a, they approached her. Maybe they when they were confronting her, or they, or he, she was talking to a group of guys, and one of the guys said to her, "I'm not. I'm you know basically he said I'm holding it down. I'm doing what I have to do. You want me to give up sex because your man is a gangbanger." Mm, okay, she was talking to the. Right. Do you think that a lot in real life that would be the answer that a lot of people would would give? I think that there would be a lot more because everybody all like all but one person signed up for this, mm-hmm. and I think there would be a lot more people that would be fucking on the sly. <laughs> there would be right. a lot more of her you know this is my opportunity to get her man right and when you when you have something like this is it really important that everyone is really not having sex or is, is the perception more important than the actual you know what I'm saying like if the majority of people think <laughs> that most people aren't having sex. Isn't that really the important thing? You know, as long as the, you know, as long as as long as the campaign or whatever you want to call it works. No, I <laughs> think I think that it is important. Right. I think the actual. I the think act, that the actual, actual abs- act is necessary. Right. Right. Because because with, without it. There's there's no those there's no real motivation to move it forward to a conclusion. Okay, so I mean it, it'll, it'll it'll be to me it'll turn into more of creating the lo- the illusion of progress while enjoying the illicitness of you know sex on the down low. True, true. So in true Greek tragedy, that out. <laughs> All right. So in true Greek tragedy uh, form, you know, if you're familiar with Greek tra- tragedies, the, he- the word hero means something different, I think, now than it did then. Because in Greek tragedies, the heroes never, they never went on to live comfortable lives. I think there was only one. I can't remember whether it was, whether it was Jason or... Uh, there was one character in Greek mythology who was considered a quote hero that actually lived a peaceful, long, healthy life after their adventure. None of the other was, you know, Hercules went crazy and killed his family. Uh, you know, 
you know, you know, n- none of the ones that were called called heroes ever really after they had their great adventure lived a healthy life afterwards. So, ke- keeping in in uh, in that form, I never felt like Nick Cannon's character was gonna be uh, redeemable for some reason, and in a way, he did. He didn't, you know, really. You know, he gave a little speech at the end, but mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't it wasn't like he he really he was really woke, so to speak, <laughs> until the very end. And then it seemed kind of like preachy. Did you feel the movie was preachy? I, I well, again, I go back to what I said about Spike Lee earlier, hitting you over the head with um, hitting you over the head with his point. So yeah, he gets a little preachy. Um, but I think what you, but about the Chirac character, you have to remember is that this was a situation as it was with so many of these guys. Um, and Angela Bassett's character says at the end, you know, your father killed my child and he came to me and begged for my forgiveness and turned himself in because in those days, Killing a child was against the rule. Right. And what you have, you know, is because gangs are like mobs. These groups were originally created to protect their community when the police and white people would not. And when those people, when when those good intentions went sour and those people and those leaders left, died, went to prison, whatever, what you had was a bunch of children running around with a characterization of what this was supposed to be, which is why shooting children now isn't a big deal. So, no, I think that, you know, he was supposed to turn himself in and, you know, he did have to come to that realization that, you know, you are responsible for this death that you created. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the, one of the, um, so he dropped facts here and there. And uh, one of the things that he he did uh, bring up that I thought was, um, and that we we all know, I'm sure everybody here knows that um, you know back in the day people used to complain about how much it cost to, to keep somebody in prison. Oh, we got to feed them and clothe them and this that and that and how much it costs. But now you know now that prison is a private enterprise, <laughs> <laughs> the more people they can get in prison, you know. You know, what was that, make, that, one, they, that one word that the for-profit president said when they, Trump is ready to build his wall? I'll oh, yeah, they, uh, uh, Trump and before Trump, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> right. You know, it's cheaper. Let me tell you something. In the state of California, it is more profitable to build prisons than it is to build colleges. Mm-hmm. So, you know... This this mess didn't didn't start with Trump. I mean, just look look at oh, no uh, no no no. Just look at look at what uh you know they were doing up in in, in Philadelphia, sending those kids to uh uh to a jail for two and three years for for basically doing nothing and making. And it wasn't until 
Well, are you familiar with Home and Flair? Well, it didn't start. It did. You know, it didn't come to light until it started happening to to white kids. Right. You know, they made a whole documentary about it and everything. You know, but they'd been doing it to to kids and giving them uh, giving them sentences, and them, and judges were getting paid off. And uh, what were you just asking me, Derek? Are you familiar with Home and Square? Home and Square. Yes. I will be in about two minutes. Let me know all about it. Home and Square is a police black site in Chicago. Um, it's the old Sears Warehouse building over on the west side that the city took ownership of and converted literally into like a CIA black site where they arrest people and when you go in there your civil liberties disappear. And where are they shipping these people? Are they shipping them to private prisons around the country? They're shipping them to prisons, but they're going in, they're beating them, they're torturing them in order to get these false confessions. You cannot contact the lawyer. Your lawyer there are people who have been arrested and the lawyer has spent half a day looking for you because you have not been taken to an actual jail. You have not been taken to an actual police station. You have been taken to home and square. And if you are not a police officer, you have no idea how to even enter the building. Right. Wow. You know, I, you know, I don't do a lot of product placement on the Papa Chilo radio show because, you know, people want to pay us some money to the Papa Chilo radio. Uh, they can donate through uh, different channels. I will find out and, and give that. But um, if you watch the uh, documentary 13th by uh, Ava DuVernay mm -hmm. or uh, the book Once a Cop, you just you get an inside view of what really the the the, uh, the criminal injustice system and how it how it works um and it's it's frightening yeah, it's really frightening when you, when you think about like most confessions people people think uh, a confession under duress means someone's beating your ass but a lot of times people are sitting in in jail for years just because they don't have the money to pay the court fees right you know and or or they're just you know, they're you know they've got they've got a public defender that has a hundred cases and and you know or they or they're innocent and they want to prove that they're innocent. So they're like, I'm not going to take a plea deal. So instead of getting a few months in jail, they get thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's just amazing. I think this I think this movie, you know, I think he you know was kind of like it was a tightrope that he was kind of doing. He was trying to infuse comedy, but then the brutality of of you know the reality. I mean there was a there was a couple points where I thought the segues were kind of bad. Like I didn't like how it segued from them sort of doing a sex scene to the picture with the mothers with the children that had been you know <laughs> it, it was a little jarring like eh, maybe they should have put a little something in there like a little musical something montage little. or something you know a slight buffer perhaps you know and so there, there was some editing issues for me uh with with this movie uh i thought i thought it was a bit long um 
I think a lot of that sort of the stuff with the the, the silly stuff. A lot of stuff with the um, the older white male characters. The the the, the mayor. Yeah, and the stuff, that that could have been up there. I thought John Cusack kind of stole the show, though. Yeah, he he definitely gave um he definitely gave you know a, a good uh, father Flagler kicked up to ten, which I which I liked. Yeah, I mean he he's he stole the show. I was like, did you mean for him to steal the show? I would have thought you would have gave let 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 uh, Wesley Snipes steal the show, but he didn't. You know. <laughs> Uh, I guess I guess Wesley Snipes was like grateful to be, you know, right. doing this thing again, you know. So, but yeah, there was some there were some powerful performances. I would have liked to see Angela Bassett's. I don't know. I just I I think sometimes she. I don't think she's utilized the way she used to be. You know, what do you mean? Like her roles, like I, you know, I, it's been a long time since I've seen Angela Bassett really, really, and maybe she's at a point in her career where she doesn't want to have, do all the heavy lifting. I don't know if that's the case or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem, I think the problem is how she and. Oh my God! Why am I blanking on her name? Um, nom, 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 nom. um, played misery. Oh, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. How she and Kathy Bates and all of these other movie actresses have wound up on television. Um, I think that much like black roles and and healthy black roles, um, there are a lot more healthy roles for women. And women of a certain age now. On TV. On television. They better put better in the movies. More expansive parts. More 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 um, developed. And I, know, and I know that she has mentioned that once before, which is why she's, mm. you know, really grateful for, you know, American Horror Story, because you know, it allowed her to work and who was that? Lynn Whitfield, I think, that talked mm-hmm. about before about no, not Lynn. It was um Yeah, I'm really blinking on names today. Um She was in Cage. She was in Luke Cage. Um Alfred oh, Woodard. Alfred Woodard. Yeah, and Alfred Woodard talks about, you know, I do some great work when I work. Mm-hmm. But right. you know, I do some great work once every two years because that's when the roles come up. It's not amazing. You know, we don't think about that. Like, we see people, you know, we see people and and we think, and, and not to even mention the fact that, you know, you have these actresses like Jennifer Lawrence who are complaining about, um, and I understand it, that they, they aren't making the money that some of their male counterpoints counterparts are making, but you know there was a black actress that says, "Well, you you look at what the disparage between what they get paid and and we get paid even less." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 
but yeah, um, you know, because we think about we we keep bringing up Moonlight. When you think about Moonlight, a movie that only costs a hundred, uh, costs a million five to make, that means they weren't paid. Though those actors weren't paid millions and millions. That's true. Right. Exactly. And when you have a movie that they make some movie that costs 200 million and then it bombs in the theater and then you know someone's been paid five eight ten million to to be in some crap you know you start to see the disparity you know you know it's it's like you know I, some of these movies are just like a money grab for, for some of these actors. That's what many of those movies are that for, is, for the is, actor for Hollywood. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it'll make it'll make money in rentals. You know that kind of that right. kind of thing. Or so, it'll make money overseas. Yeah. yeah. So, which was which has been the argument against that has been used against um, a lot of. Um, uh, African American movies. Yeah. It's not it, it, that argument is that oh you know it's not that we don't we don't appreciate your stories. It's that you know the, the overseas market. Um, you know it, it, black movies don't do well in the overseas market. Mm-hmm. You know that's been one of the one of the uh, one of the arguments. So, but anyway, so. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask this, as a cohesive story. Do you? I mean, do you think the, the story was cohesive enough to be, or the execution of the story, good enough to sort of get the point across? I'm gonna ask you, Renata. I had a feeling that one was coming to me. Um, I don't know. Let me pass and come back to me because I'm. I got a lot of thoughts around it. I'm trying to formulate them right now. Okay, Legionnaire. Um, state the question once more. Was. Maybe maybe my question was a little convoluted. Okay, so we we I think we know what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Was the execution cohesive enough? Like, was it to really get the point across? Um, for me, it was. I, I yeah, for me, it was. I I can see. You know, I think that there were some things that were that made it tough for me but for the most part I thought you know I thought that what he did and the way he did it um, conveyed the message well enough I think I think if it were if it were my choice I don't I would have made it a musical you think you would have I think I would not have oh did you feel like it was a musical um on on some level yeah i i would have taken i would have taken the music aspect of it out okay the music was a poetry the music okay 
the poetry was the poetry the poetry aspect of it was distracting in the beginning but i fell in line with it really quickly i think sometimes there were times when even though the music fit the scene it still kind of pulled me out of the action because then i was I don't know. It didn't. It wasn't blending well, even though it did. The match music was the not a character. The music right. Was. Yes. Yes. That's that's very well stated. Exactly. I like some of the scored music, like the strings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm 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 moving to you, Derek. Was um, it... Go ahead. No, you you. Did you did it did it do its did it do its job? Yes. Were there some issues with it? Yes. Um, and again, it's it's told in a Spike Lee fantasy realm where we don't ever actually get an ending. Um. We don't get a clear, concise ending. Um, this one did better. This one did better than you know some of his other. I've watched many of his movies, um, but it just seems like he always seems to go off the rails towards the end. Um, but yeah, I've I've watched the movie what twice now. Yeah, okay. not sure when and if I'm watching it again. Well, I, I'm glad you used the word fantasy because I felt like there were some sequences that would have worked better as dream sequences. Like, sometimes I felt like I was in a dream sequence, but it was mm. not. You know, and I'm going to streamline the question for Vanetta um, because there's a... I, I guess what I really want to ask is if you didn't know what was going on in Chicago, would this movie have... Like, sometimes I watch a documentary about something just random. Oh, you know, like, you know, where did coffee cups come from? I'm making that up. But, like, and, and I watch it, and it'll be really fascinating. And then I'll appreciate coffee cups more, you know. Mm-hmm. Would this movie, if you did not know what was going on in Chicago, have instilled in you the severity of the situation while still bringing this other aspect of the Greek tragedy to it, would that would would it really have served the the content? Like, would it would it really have made you really think about what's going on? I think yes, in the way that Bollywood movies make me see different aspects of. Um, life in India. Bollywood movies are like some of the most absurd things. Um, you know, it's random, it's you know, highly colorized and they break in a song and dance about the randomest things, but they always have this like underlying story. I feel like this movie is similar but it's also a Spike Lee joint, so understanding the nomenclature of Spike Lee joints helps me um, put everything into perspective and go like, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. This is totally... This is, this is the way life is in a Spike Lee joint. 
Okay, so, so for that reason, I just I think it does work. So culturally, it brings a lot of cultural yes authenticity, as opposed to just being like you know an edited jewel of filmmaking. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, um, I, 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 I get that. I get that. Um, you know, that's funny you make that Bollywood uh, reference because I feel like a movie that came in second place at the Oscars was basically a Bollywood movie, but they cast all white people in it. And, <laughs> and then I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, but actually it wasn't the greatest thing. It was the second greatest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> Derek was like, <laughs> Because nah, we're, we're getting near the end here, so um, I thought that there were a lot of aspects that I really, really like. Um, and I always, you know, I, I always admit to my superficial parts of me. Uh, you know, I always enjoy seeing beautiful black people in movies. Mm especially beautiful black, brown-skinned people. Um, yeah. You know, black people that look like black people. You can send your, you know, you can send your complaints. Care of Poppy Chibi Radio to me. Saying, <laughs> you know, you know, but I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. How dare I, you I, love brown skin? <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm a champion of, 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 you know. If it ain't light, it ain't right. <laughs> oh. You know, and I, I think we all. I mean, I mean, I think that's beautiful in every shade. But uh, you know, I enjoy seeing. You know, you know, don't I, I? I don't like it when we're when people of a certain complexion are look, looked at as if they're like they're the model T, and everything else is a you know is is the Lexus and 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 you know the the newer version. You know, it's like it's okay to look like what you are, and look like where you came from. You know. But that's just a superficial aspect of it. And I, like I said before, I enjoy seeing, you know, black women who who like sex and who enjoy who enjoy sex and who admit to liking sex, you know, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. Um and you know, and not trying to make things palatable for all audiences. That's one thing that Spike Lee, I do not. like. About, I do like about him is that he doesn't try to make his movies palatable for everybody. You know, if you like it, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, that's on you. You know, um, too bad. I got your money. <laughs> well, but sometimes he doesn't get the money that he probably should. Well, sometimes he does he doesn't, not. He, or, or the Oscar that he probably should. You know, I, you know, Malcolm X. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Malcolm X should be the, the best picture winner. You know, but um, now you, now you know that wasn't going to win. That one gonna happen. So you know that much. I that much. I you know his his uh, his vision is his vision. You know 
Spike Lee is like Prince. When you hear a Prince song, you know it's Prince song. I don't care who's singing it. You 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 can tell it's a Prince song. You know, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it could be Wendy and Lisa. It could be Sheena Easton. It can be you know Sinead O'Connor. You know, but in Spike Lee's the same way. You know, he puts he he does his thing how he does it. And I, I and, and I admire that. And I do think he got his point across with this movie. Um, I um, don't think it was the best edited movie. I think he threw a lot at you, and he could have he could have slimmed it down a little, a little, trimmed it down a little bit. But um, but yeah, I think he got his point across. So we're gonna move a little bit quickly through some of the awards this movie did win. Um, it was an AAFCA, African American Film Critics Association winner. Um, I, I, top 10 films, best independent film, best actress for Tiana Paris, the All Deaf Movie Awards, best picture um, nominee 2016, best actress nominee for Tiana Paris, the Black Reel Awards, uh, Tiana Paris, Outstanding Actress. Um, outstanding support, supporting actress for Angela Bassett, um, best director for Spike Lee. Those were all for the Black Real Awards. Real as an R E E L mm-hmm. for y'all out there uh, in the radio land. And the Image Awards, outstanding independent move motion uh, picture, outstanding actress for Tiana Paris, uh, Angela Bassett, supporting actress. And the Indiana uh, Film Journalists Association Original Vision Award nominee, and the Internet Film Critics Society Award winner for most underrated film. So we're gonna go through a few of our own uh, awards uh, for this movie that are the most prestigious. Our awards, of course, the Papachulo Awards. Um, yes. Yes, the Muy Caliente Awards. <laughs> okay. Okay, because we give it to you hot with more Will we be inviting Faye Dunaway? <laughs> you know what? If, Warren Baby, Faye Dunaway, you know, y'all y'all need to learn how to read, but still, you know, okay, let's... let's. <laughs> so, so we're going to go right to the good ones. What was the best use of nudity? Uh... Yes, that'll have to be the opening section. Yes, I was going to say. Nick Cannon's butt. See, you're going to be shocked, but I'm going to disagree. Mm. I'm going to think, I think that, like, that was like candy, but I think when, uh, when she walked out, you know? No, when? Because she wasn't naked no other time. Oh, like the only naked scene. <laughs> okay, but then we go for the best use of multiple naked scenes to the, <laughs> to the cannon. Oh no, I'm wait. The only nudity. Now I'm not. A, I, I'm not attracted to Nick Cannon. So look <laughs> at his ass up in there. Didn't do anything for me. Next scene, but I can't recall anybody else being naked in the movie. Now, if Harry Lennox had gotten naked, I'd be excited. <laughs> okay. You you want to see Harry Lennox? Harry Lennox? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I want to see Harry Lennox just one. All right. 
So I guess I guess we'll give it to uh, Nick Cannon. What was the unsexiest moment? Then if y'all don't say that old man on that cannon, I'm yeah. just I'm, I'm 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 off the show. Yeah, I was trying to think about <laughs> something else, but I, nothing nothing else came to mind other than that. When he ripped off them things and that Confederate flag, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that, that was a moment. That was a moment. Mm. So there was some like we talked about music in the in the um, movie. What was? What do you think the best musical number was? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say the one that took place with the women in the armory. Yes, that's the one. I Okay, I thought the, I thought the song that ended, like the song at the end, was nice. I wouldn't, it was I wouldn't call it a musical number, but um, the song at the end was nice. Mm. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I think I guess the armory scene was 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 good. Okay, let's do the sexiest moment. Sexiest moment. You know, for me, the sexiest moment was when we were when we were kind of first really introduced to uh, Miss Estrada, and she's doing that walk down like the street. His, yes, honey, because yes, she was yes. she was you serving could that bottle that right. <laughs> That was hot. Was she give you? Was she give you misty night? She she was giving she something. Was giving she night. was just, she was she gave you she gave you walk. She was giving you misty all night long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I, I disagree though. No. Okay. I think the sexy moment, my sexiest moment, was when um, she and Chirac are in the middle of the, I guess it's a gym, arena, whatever that thing was. Sex off. And, yeah, the sex off, and, and she was taunting him. I thought mm. that was sexy as hell. That was very sexy. I will agree. What about and what she was wearing, and she had on waist beads. It was just it was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. What about when she said, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose? I don't know. I thought that was kind of... That was kind of hot when she was like, when she was saying, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose, you know, you know, I thought that was kind of sexy. So, oh, well, who was the diva of the movie? Um, Chirac. Yeah. He did have some diva moments. Yes. I can, I can Diva. Yeah, he definitely has some diva moments. Um, who was then? Who then? Who would the ingenue be? Would you give that to Lestrada? Nah, she had too much substance to be. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't call her ingenue necessarily. Maybe she was the librarian. <laughs> she, she, could, she could read. She was the best reader. Yes, yeah. she was. Yeah, yeah. That, that she was. We give the ingenue to Harry Lennon. Henry Lennon. <laughs> the beautiful, <laughs> the beautiful, he's, like, he's always the beautiful ingenue in Spike Lee movies. 
past 30 years. Well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) With that voice, you know. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. So we're going to do a quick rating of this movie on a scale from 1 to 10 marshmallows. I'm going to start with you, Miss Vanetta. I like this movie a lot more. And I'm going to give this eight marshmallows because I really enjoyed a lot of parts about it. But I really enjoyed it. Okay. Good. Let's go to you, Mr. Derek. I am also going to give this movie eight marshmallows. Um, It was a very interesting ride, but not interesting in a what the fuck type of way. Um, you really do get something out of it. And again, I like when I, I like Spike Lee telling a story. I just wish that he wouldn't tell it as hard as he does. He could tell his story without so much Viagra. Okay. Okay. And Legionnaire. Um, I give it eight and a half marshmallows. I, um, I, I really, I enjoyed the movie. Um, there are parts of it. There's well, I should say that there are a lot. There's a lot of it that I really liked. The uh, again, a lot of the musical stuff took me out of it, but I, but even those I enjoyed in and of themselves. Um, so so yeah, I give it eight and a half. Okay, so you know it's funny, and I don't know if this is. I'm having a Poppy Chilo moment because the, the you know Poppy has been on the show with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's very susceptible. Don't tell him because he, he's not <laughs> listening right now. But don't tell him I said this. But he is very easily influenced by other people's opinions. So, like, if we all hate something, he'll he'll rate it lower because we all like you know. If you loved it, just say you loved it. You know. Okay, you like Barbarella. Okay, just say it, admit it. You love it. But um, I'm having that moment because. After discussing the movie with y'all, and um, it made me see things in it that I don't think I really appreciate it as much. So I think it's making me give it a higher rating. Just, oh. just getting that peer pressure. Y'all don't be giving me cigarettes and stuff behind <laughs> the bleachers, okay? Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bump my rating up to a to an eight. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. You really made me appreciate Shay Rock. Anytime. <laughs> Sometimes all you, need is a, all you need is some fresh eyes. <laughs> you know, I pop my shine cherry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate it more having discussed it with you all. Um, that's, that's an enlightening moment. Speaking yeah. of enlightening moments, it's time for everyone to report back to their cabins so your bunk beds are waiting for you. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Summer Camp. Once again, here's one of our campers on our PA system with a few announcements on how you can interact with us via social media. Thank you for the intro. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Poppy Chula Radio Summer Camp 
and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com/pcrsummercamp. Follow us on Tumblr, summercamp-pcr.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Now, back to you, camp counselors. Thank you. My fellow camp counselors, please wish our campers and the listeners a good night. Good night, campers. Remember, no punani, nookie pie, beehive, a honey bun, no coochie, no nabby dugout. That's right, you gets none. All right. <laughs> what he said. Good night, <laughs> night listeners. Right. No peace, no kitty. <laughs> no peace, no kitty cat. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Good night and lights out.